What is up, everybody, and welcome to the Joe Kilgallen Podcast, a.k.a. Kilgallen's Pub. Happy Easter to all those who celebrate. Passover is just kicking off, too, I believe. I think that started April 15th, so happy Passover to all of my Jewish listeners out there, which might be a lot of you. I, I don't know. I don't know my numbers. I don't know my demographics. I don't care. If you listen to this, I don't give a shit what you are. You're my guy. You're my gal. You're my they, them. Fucking love. Nothing but love for all y'alls. All right? I do like the phrase y'all. Southerners, you, you kick some ass with that one because it, it, it encompasses everybody. How you doing, y'all? What's up, y'all? Y'all going to come over here and kiss my ass? See, it works. It works on so many levels. All right. I'm in a pretty good mood, even though I think I'm getting sick. My two little boys were sick all week, so that sucked. Poor kid, man. His first spring break, my little five-year-old. First spring break, two days in, gets sick. And we started it off awesome. We went bowling. We made a return chip. A trip to Chuck E. Cheese, you know, a lot of fun, a lot of fun stuff. I talked about bowling last week, of course, uh, a little plug, everybody. Don't forget to subscribe to the Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Joe kill gallon. couple new people. Welcome aboard. I'm going to record a Patreon episode uh, tomorrow. Uh, I was going to try to squeeze one in tonight, but the voice is killing me. So I'm probably going to do one of those top five lists that you guys have been suggesting. I recently did SNL movies. I did uh, cartoon characters to get drunk with some fun ones. So we're going to keep the ball rolling in regards to that uh, fun stuff to talk about today. I want to mention how pumped up I am about some new material I've been doing. I also want to talk about how this is going to get real old man of me, but I'm sick and tired of people trying to ruin shit. And what I mean by that is I got into a thing on Twitter. I'll get to it later. Long story short, there's a group of people in Chicago who want to change Chicago. And I don't like that. Look, there's some stuff worth changing, right? Carjackings, boo. People getting shot in the face, boo. But other things, pretty awesome. Leave those the hell alone. I don't understand these people. You just moved here. I can always tell when someone just moves here too. If you've lived in, in a place for a long time, it's a place that's you've been your home forever. You were born and raised there. You could sense an outsider. And I'm not saying I'm anti-outsiders. Like I said at the start of the podcast, all are welcome. Y'all can move here if you want, but you got to respect some shit. Got it? Good. All right. I'll get to that in a bit. Then I also want to um, talk to you guys about the movies. Not any movies in particular, but I, I read this discussion about Hollywood and big box office and movie theaters and what the problem is with the film industry. And I got some thoughts. I got some thoughts. How about that? Uh, I am been pumped up, though, because uh, my stamp comedy has been um, as a comedian. And maybe you guys have had this in whatever line of work you're in. You ever just have a couple weeks stretch where you're like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to jump onto a next level here. And I, I really feel like it's, it's getting next level-ish. I even had a set at Laugh Factory where my first minute and a half, I didn't start hot. Like the first minute and a half wasn't like the best transition. And, but my brain was still like, you're going to, you're going to get them. Once you hit that first punchline, it's over. And they're going to be eating out of the palm of your hand. And that's what happened. They were an awesome audience. Anyone who saw me at the Laugh Factory Friday night, I love you. You guys were phenomenal. And then comedians you should know this past Wednesday, another Chicago show, which, by the way, little drama uh, happening in the comedians you should know world. I think I might have to do a live episode for that. So you you boys and girls and uh, they thems. And uh, does that sound kind of sending? I feel like it sounds kind of sending when I throw in the they thems. Anyway, y'all. I fucking talked about it earlier. Y'all out there, if you like some gossip and some drama, I think I'm about to do a live episode, uh, get some voices heard on it. It might be a little too inside comedy, but 
you listeners, if you like some juicy stuff, uh, tune in. Tune in because it's it's going to get kind of dicey, I think. I think there's going to be some anger, not on my end, but on, on a few people out there's ends. There was some stuff about booking and whatnot. All right, that's enough of the tease there. But I've had some great shows, and for a while, I knew I wanted to record another hour in 2022. Those of you who've been following my stand-up career, you know I have three hours, albums, whatever you want to call them. Um, they're always about an hour. I think they're always like 58 to 55 minutes, but you call it an hour. I did, recorded my first one at the end of 2014. It came out in 2015. And the first album for a lot of comedians, you, if, you, if you have a comedian that you love and they put out a lot of stuff, go back to listen to the first one and then listen to the most recent and the growth is going to be insane. And I, I did that recently with me. And I, I hear, I'm like, these are good jokes, but I don't love my performance. I could tell I wasn't quite there. And there's some some, some parts that I speed through and other parts where I'm like, oh, you got to let that laugh line sit a little more, you dipshit. You know, stuff like, you know, no one likes listening or watching themselves. We're always, you're always very critical of yourself. That's just a natural thing. And then I recorded, but no, the first one's always interesting if I could reiterate because that's all of the material. It's like all their greatest hits leading up to that moment. I was about six or seven years in when I recorded that. And then uh, I recorded one in 2019 called Can't Complain, which was basically all the stuff I wrote from 2017 to 2019. So it was about two years time to really create that material. And, you know, a lot about just becoming a dad and, and a lot. That's kind of the, the central theme of it, I suppose. And how you know, I, I really can't complain, you know, and then 2020, I released another hour, uh, which I was proud. That wasn't like the goal. It wasn't like, I'm going to pull one out every hour. I didn't have that. I wasn't setting out to do that. It just worked out where I developed a lot of material pretty quickly. And I thought to myself, I got it. I remember being like, man, I got another hour about, all right, cool. When, when do I, when do I film it? I want to film. You know, because I, I had good momentum from Can't Complain. So I thought, strike while the iron's hot. And uh, we actually recorded it, two of them, and released two of them within a calendar year. One was released June 20th, 2019, and the other was released June 19th, 2020. I started releasing the clips earlier than that even. So that was kind of cool to me, to release two within 365 days. And the second hour was called I Didn't Say Anything Bad. And that had a lot more social commentary about what's going on in the world at the time and some more fatherhood stuff. Uh, and now ah, that stupid ass pandemic, man, because I really did have some great momentum. 2019, 2020, I was getting a lot of love for my stand up on YouTube. The podcast still doesn't do well on YouTube. If you're watching the podcast on YouTube, I don't get it. I don't know. Maybe I, maybe my set needs to look better. Maybe the, I need to add some more stuff to it. I need to go back to getting guests find some high-profile guests, figure out a way to advertise it better or promote it better. I'm not really sure because, and I'll be honest, I'll have some episodes when I'm done recording and I'm like, mm, that one kind of sucked. And then I'll have a few where I'm like, motherfucker, that was good shit. That was, that was better than a lot of the podcasts that I like, that I'm fans of. I'm thinking that I, I listen to both. I'm like, this stands up. And so, yeah, the, the podcast itself has never really taken off on YouTube, but my standup's always done very well there. And then I started messing around with TikTok during the pandemic and gotten a lot of love there. So it's like when people see my stand-up, they like it a lot. But I still feel like I'm in this category of being mostly unknown. You know, um, comedians know me. Big name comedians even know me. So I'm, I'm kind of developed a name in that regard 
but the industry itself, managers, agents, the who's who in different corners, I don't know. I've just always just been slept on by them. And I've never let it bother me because I've learned that you can't. I used to get upset with this stuff. Don't get me wrong. But I've learned that you've got to focus on what you can control. I can't control who's in the audience on any particular night that could turn my life around. You know, I don't know what representatives from different, you know, management companies or networks or whatever. I don't, you don't know that. All I could focus on is being the best comedian I could be and working hard at that and, and doing what I can, doing what I know to get my name out there and try to get eyeballs on my standup. And that focus has been online because I can control that. I can control putting out clips on TikTok and Instagram and putting out podcast content and writing funny tweets. And I can do all that. Uh, but I, again, I can't control who's going to be there. So I've learned to try to not let that bother me. I've just tried to keep a confident uh, outlook in which um, in which I know that you know I got to trust the process. So I say to myself, all right, I'm not where I want to be. I would be lying if I said I was where I, was, I want to be. But I know that once I get there, I'm not, I'm staying there. I've built myself up for the long game. And, and once I get where I want to be, that's not going away unless I just become a complete, you know, if I just completely fall off the rails, if I develop a nasty coke habit, you know what I mean? If I, if I just decide that I'm, my shit doesn't stink and I start, you know, pushing waiters, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to go down that phase though. I don't think. Uh, so nothing to worry about there, but I wrote this new chunk of material that I came up with. I riffed it on stage in early March and then I went to New York for a week, so I didn't do it again. And then when I came back, I did it at the laugh factory and then a few other spots around Chicago at comedians you should know, and it's right where I want it to be. And it's like a next level. It's more personal. It's um, the the way the laughs heighten, and I, it's like what I've been missing. Because I've been thinking. I remember like a month or two ago thinking, All right, I want to try to film in the fall. I want to try to film the next hour in the fall. I got to find a little spot, which I, I pretty much have nailed down almost. And I, this this next chunk of material is just the exact thing I needed. I feel like to make me. I'm hungry as hell now. Now I'm like I'm so excited about this. Like seriously, everyone listening, I am. I did a, a gig in Lacrosse, Wisconsin last night. Uh, this place called the Main. It was pretty cool. But I, when I booked the gig, I didn't realize Easter was the next morning, so I had to haul ass back. Literally, this is the life of a comedian. Sometimes, I drove four hours from Chicago to Lacrosse, La Wisconsin, home of old style beer. Fun fact: was in that town. I got there like seven thirty. Left at just before 10. So I was in that town for a little over two hours and then drove four hours back. I was in the car for eight hours. I was in the location for under three hours. Like that's that's crazy. But I, I had to get back in time because I wanted to see my kids open their Easter baskets this morning. You know, I wanted to be there for that. So yeah, I'm pretty exhausted right now. So if my energy level is not where it, you, you're used to it, all apologies. Uh, but no, I'm feeling, I remember the whole ride home I got this concept for, for the next hour. Um, it's, it's definitely going to be the most personal hour I've ever had. Uh, you know, I've, I've always been pretty true to myself. People who've seen my stand up and know me as a person know I'm pretty much the same guy. At least I try to be. Obviously, you're going to embellish some stuff here or there, exaggerate for comedic effect. 
but I try to be that guy. Um, cause I just feel like that's, that's my favorite style of comedy. Um, and plus they always say as a comedian, nobody could ever accuse you of stealing jokes if you're just writing about your life. So I really do write about my life, but this, this little chunk of like, I want to say it's almost seven or eight minutes that I did Wednesday and Friday. And then last night, Saturday, so I did three times this past week. And every time there's been this massive laugh where even I'm a little bit like, damn, really? Like, like you think it's that funny? All right. Shit, I mean, I thought it was pretty good, but I didn't, I didn't realize it was that good. All right, cool, cool. And, and I know it's not even a finished product yet. I'm, I know I'm going to add to it a little bit more and tweak it. And come September when it's time to put this thing on camera, I'm pumped. All right. Enough about that though. I just wanted to share it with you guys. Cause I'm excited. Now, I teased this in the opening. I got in this thing last night on uh, Twitter, uh, which I, I got to stop arguing with, with people on Twitter. I, I don't know. I, I just, I, I caught myself. I had an hour to do of nothing to do. And I got, I got roped in. They sucked me in just when I think I could come back or just when I think I could escape. They pull me back in. All right, I totally butchered that line from what movie was that from again? I know it's an El Pacino line. So this dude runs a Twitter account called like Milwaukee Avenue bike lane or something like that. It's just, it's kind of a, I mean, look, let me just preference or preface preface preference. Let me just say at the beginning of this, that, um, I, I don't like, I respect environmentalists. I respect people who, who are doing it, but I don't like the way a lot of these people go about it. It, it bothers the hell out of me. Here it is. All right. Um, his original post was, okay, Milwaukee Avenue bike lane. He goes, found this pic today on r slash, like there must be Reddit city porn, r slash city porn. I think it's time to transform DLSD into a pedestrian-centered boulevard. Having an eight-lane highway on our lakefront is absolutely ludicrous. So he's against the eight-lane highway that is Lakeshore Drive. Now, he called it DLSD. The city of Chicago recently renamed Lakeshore Drive DuSable Lakeshore Drive. Full name, John Baptiste DuSable Lakeshore Drive. Now, I got nothing against DuSable. Great, great historic figure. But it's still Lakeshore Drive. There's a great song called Lakeshore Drive. It's actually played in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I love that song. I loved hearing it in the car with my dad as a kid. I love driving down Lakeshore Drive and playing that song. Lakeshore Drive it's a toss-up. The Pacific Coast Highway is pretty pretty badass. But Lakeshore Drive might be the most beautiful road in America. It is stunning. You have water, crystal clear Lake Michigan on one side. One of the best fresh water. That's why Chicago's tap water that comes out of our faucet and our sinks tastes pretty damn good. I, I heard it's not as good as it once was. There might be some shit in there. But anyway, it's great. The water in L.A., I lived in L.A., it was not good. So... That's you got Lake Michigan. Then on the side of it, you have a couple beautiful parks and then these gorgeous high rises. Chicago architecture is cream of the crop. Like New York's got a more impressive skyline and the fact that it's like bigger and it goes on for you're like, wow, this thing's endless. But as far as looks go, Chicago is a sexy girl. You know, that is a gorgeous downtown. And we have that. And you, you cruise into it. It is phenomenal. If you don't know what Lakeshore Drive looks like, do yourself a favor. Pause this podcast if you're at home. Google Lakeshore Drive Chicago. It is breathtaking. Even the picture he shared looks amazing. That's why I saw it. And I just can't deal with this. Again, he says, 
And the, the reason I bring up the Dusaba Lakeshore Drive, if you're calling it DLSD, you're not from here. There's just a great chance you're not from here. I'm sorry. Us Chicagoans were very slow to change on certain things, but you know, White Sox renamed their stadium three or four times. I still call call it Comiskey Park. Um, what else? Like the Sears Tower is now the Willis Tower. It's still the Sears Tower to me. That's just how we roll. Okay, we like the things that that make us special, and we don't want to ignore them. I'm not saying Dusaba doesn't deserve something named after him. He definitely does, but it's always going to be Lakeshore Drive. And again, he he wants to turn it into a pedestrian-centered boulevard. Here's the fun thing about Lakeshore Drive, everyone. There are walking paths and bike paths along it. <coughs> Excuse me. You're driving, and on the one side of it, yeah, the lake's there, but there's also beaches. There's beaches, and in between the highway itself, there's bike paths, walking paths, and then beachfront. Okay? So he it's already there. So you want to knock down this awesome highway so there's more walking and biking? And they say, well, then you get busted only down the middle. I'm just like, God, would you stop trying to fuck shit up? Please. I know you just moved here and you got yourself a cause. That's great. It's great to have a cause. I would love for there to be more L lines. I try to walk as much as I can. Public transportation is all right in the city. Could be better. It doesn't reach everybody. How about working on that, you fucking hipster? How about working on the red line extending further into poor neighborhoods that could use the transportation? Also, here's another thing, dude. Lakeshore Drive is the quickest route to two major hospitals in the city of Chicago, Northwestern and Lurie's Children's Hospital. It's like the fastest way to get there. And then he said, well, what if it was an even better argument for a bus only? Oh, that's what you want. Oh, my kid just cracked his head open. Time to wait for the fucking bus. It's all right, honey. It's all right. I got an ice pack on you. I know you're bleeding all over the place. We're just going to get on a dirty-ass bus, and we'll get you to the hospital in no time. Then the bus will let you off. We'll walk four or five blocks over. We'll be there in about an hour, an hour and a half. No sweat. Like, are you fucking insane? And then, no, people will be like, well, at that point, you take an Uber. Yeah, okay, well, then we're back to cars then, aren't we? Some Look, what makes Chicago such a badass city to me personally, I was just in New York a month ago. I lived in L.A. for over three years. Love both those cities. L.A., you need a car. It's car dependent, so that sucks. New York, you're insane to have a car. You really don't need one. Chicago, you have the option. If you don't have a car, great. You could get around just fine. I've got a lot of friends who don't have cars. But if you also have a car, guess what? You got the freedom to have one. We got pretty good parking when you get outside the trendy neighborhoods and downtown, right? There's a lot, and and it's affordable enough. Like, it's just, although parking is insanely expensive. That part bothers me. And it would be nice more. I w- I'm looking for ways to drive less and less. But there are some things, don't fuck with a good thing, okay? Again, Lakeshore Drive means a lot to a lot of people. It's a gorgeous road. It's fun. It's cool. You want to look for ways to make it a little safer? Fine. Okay. You want to make the city more bike and public transit friendly? Cool. I can help you there. All right. I support a lot of that. I really do. But don't fuck with Lakeshore Drive. Okay. There's so is nothing sacred. Is is nothing again? I don't understand these people. They come to the city. It'd be like me. Imagine if I moved to Paris. I live in France now, and I run around being like, hey, what's with all the fucking cafes? Do we really need all these cafes? Uh, do you, you guys never heard of Taco Bell? Huh? You French pieces of shit. How about we get rid of the, all, you know, um, 
yeah, it's just, it's, it's stupid. I'd be an asshole and I would never do that to the French. I know you guys love your cafes. And if I were to move to Paris, I would respect your cafes. All right. I want to make egregious posts being like, mm, that Eiffel Tower is kind of in the way. What if instead we made it a shelter for homeless people? Right. Someone might listen. might be like, but that's not a bad idea. No, it is a bad idea. Is shelters for homeless people a bad idea? No, of course not. There do need to be more homeless shelters, but it doesn't have to be fucking the Eiffel Tower. Did I get a little off the rails with this analogy? Probably. But this is this is the same type of thinking they have. And maybe this guy's a troll. Maybe this is what he wanted. Brett Robinson commented to the thing. It was, honestly, man, I can't with these anti, the anti-car thing. And I wrote, I'm all for going more eco-friendly, but it's always from people who don't have kids pushing this anti-car agenda. Milwaukee Avenue bike lane. Again, that's your Twitter handle. You can't put your own name on it. You're, you're, in, you're in disguise. So you could troll people and he goes i didn't say anti-cars you kind of did you wanted to get rid of a highway because you said it's along the lakefront um i just proposed a pedestrian centered boulevard one lane for cars one no you didn't do that by the way he didn't do that anyway one for buses you misunderstood me you don't need a lakefront highway to raise children lol and then i go sorry i think it's a great it's great the way it is and my kids hospitals lurries which is a fact and then he says DLSD averages three car crashes per day, lots of property damage, injuries, and death. But you do you. <laughs> oh, this son of a bitch. Not sure what hospital has to do with a highway. And then I just wrote fastest route there. Like, duh. You got a couple likes on that or one like. Uh, it's only a three-way conversation, though. So I'm winning on the likes versus this guy. He goes, sounds like a strong reason to dedicate rapid bus transit or light rail. Highways are congestion prone. And buses are slow. And they don't like, you know what I mean? They're slow. Like I just said, a hot, like, you know, the per and, and I, under, I feel like too, we get trapped as a, in society. Now, whenever you say to someone, well, you don't have kids. So you don't fucking understand. They kind of get like mad and defensive. Oh, like I need to have, I need to have children. Sorry if I chose not to, pro I'm like, no, it's not fucking about that. Okay. It's about having empathy for other people's situation. You know, I'm not in a wheelchair. So someone in a wheelchair started telling me how fucked up certain things were. I, I wouldn't be like, oh, because I could walk, because I could walk. I don't have a say in the matter. No, you know why I wouldn't say that? Because that'd make me an asshole. That's why I wouldn't say something like that. So yeah, just understand you don't know how to relate to this. Literally, I don't know anyone with kids who are basically saying, yeah, let's make it harder. Nobody. Again, we could improve public transportation and become more bike friendly. The city can incentivize electric vehicles, all sorts of stuff like that. Sign me up without ruining. Also like you get rid of that highway. Aren't the other streets going to get more congested? You think it's just going to disappear. You're just pushing the problem away from, and, and there's, and it's the only highway that really goes North and South along the lake. The other highways go Northwest. I guess the Dan Ryan goes straight South, but it's not right along the lake. It's not, it's more like middle of the South side, kind of more, a little more East, but, and then the Stevenson goes Southwest. The Kennedy goes Northwest. The Edens branches off of that. That's straight North, but still far Northwest. So like, what are you doing? All right. Maybe I ranted too much. It was a little, little too Chicago for some of you, but it's just something to think about. I don't know if you guys feel the way I do. I don't know if in your local town, someone comes in and immediately wants to change things. I just think you moved here because you loved it, but then you want to, just do everything differently. It's just, it's just a bother. You know what I mean? And to all you bike riders out there, have you tried working harder and buying a car? <laughs>
you know, because when I'm in my car in the summer and I got that AC pumping, I'm listening to some great music. I look at you and your sweaty face and it makes me sad. It does. And sometimes I think maybe I'll ask them for a ride because I got the trunk space. We could throw your Schwinn back there, but then I don't want them. their sweaty bodies. You know what I mean? They're not, they're not the best at reapplying deodorant every so often, which they need to do, you know? So I just, I can't be bothered with it. So again, if you're a stinky bike rider out there, I don't know, get a bus pass or a train and just stop sweating in my purview because <laughs> it's gross. All right, enough of that garbage. Okay. So I mentioned, again, at the beginning, I kind of like this. It's keeping me more on track. In the beginning, I kind of told you the three big topics I wanted to discuss. This is another uh, thing that I've been seeing and hearing people talk about. Uh, it's about the movie industry. And this was a tweet from a man named Keith Cooper, who is a screenwriter of something called Anything for Jackson. He's represented by WME. It's people who've never given me the, my just due. Um I don't think they've seen my comedy. Well, whatever. I've got friends who are rep by WME. You think they'd be nice enough to be like, you know who's awesome? Joe Kilgallen. You should fucking talk to him. So um, he writes, Hollywood has no original ideas in quotes. He goes, the problem isn't Hollywood. They make movies based on money. I mean, that, that sounds like a Hollywood issue. He goes, the fact that everything, everywhere, all at once, that's in quotes. I guess that's a new movie that just came out. Has only made 18 million in total is proof that people are more interested in tight slash sequels and remakes. Sorry, guys. It's our fault. I'm just a little confused by what he said there because he, he goes, Hollywood has no original idea. He goes, the problem is in Hollywood. So maybe he's saying Hollywood does have original ideas, but the problem, it then says they make movies based on money, but then again, that's Hollywood who makes them. So whatever, forget that part of it. He's just, by, by tights and sequels, he's saying superhero movies, obviously Marvel movies are massive. Sequels, franchises, the Fast and Furious movies, number one movie at the box office this past weekend was Sonic 2. So, all right, fair enough. Um, and then there's a back and forth from a lot of people about this stuff. And there were some good points being made. I liked one point that was actually made by former major league pitcher, Brandon McCarthy, when he said, look, movies are expensive. Now they're also a time commitment. And if you have not, if you're seeing a movie where you don't know any of the stars, you're not sure about the story, you find it trouble. Cause look, you're spending 30, 40 bucks. Sometimes if it's you and another person, if you're getting popcorn, the movie, you know, all the whole thing. It's, it's, you know, so people don't want to gamble as much. And an unknown movie by an unknown director, by whatever, and as, as good as it may be, they're thinking, eh, I, I, I could wait. That's going to end up on a streaming service eventually. I'll wait. And then Hollywood goes, okay, that movie made jack shit at the box office. So we're not going to make those type of movies anymore. Right. I have a, but you, those movies are important though. Cause there's a lot of great movies that didn't do super well at the box office. The big Lebowski is one of my favorite comedies of all time. I know that didn't do well at the box office. You know, there's a lot of weirdo movies like Wes Anderson type flicks that don't do well at the box office, but I still, I want those to keep getting made. So what I, what I would propose that I know the movie theater people and the Hollywood people probably aren't into this. Although the movie theater people should, cause I think they'd make more money off of it. I really do believe that. Now, Doctor Strange 2 comes out in a few weeks. Doctor Strange 2, The Multiverse of Madness. I already got tickets. I only go see a few movies in the theater. Again, I'm a stand-up comedian, so I'm out at nights. My wife's a, work, a nurse, so she works long hours, too. We both, and we have two young children. So it's tough to get out, you know? Ugh, excuse me. I thought I had a burp coming, but it didn't really come. Now, so what I do is that when I see a big event like Spider-Man No Way Home, I'm like, well, that's one I got to see. 
So if it's a movie where I'm like, all right, this, the big screen experience being in a packed crowd, that's going to help my enjoyment of that. Then I want to be in the theater for it. But some art house flick, I'm going to pay as much money to see Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness, which is probably, what is that? Probably like a $250 million budget. It's, it's going to be a top, top budget. I'm paying the same price to see some movie that had like a $20 million budget. It's dumb. I know some of you are listening. We're like, well, you could go to the matinee. Yeah, sh- sure. But that's depends on your availability. Not everyone has the same availability. Not everyone has the same amount of free time to go see a movie on a Tuesday afternoon. So what I propose is that these Hollywood studios, your Warner Brothers, your Sony's, your Fox, you know, Disney, all that, you lower the price based on the budget of the movie. If you have some indie flick like this, everything, everywhere, whatever the movie that the guy mentioned, again, I've never even heard of this movie. I haven't seen a commercial for it. I don't know what it is. I don't know who's in it. But if you have a movie like that with a bunch of unknowns that didn't cost much to make, maybe that's a $7 ticket on a Friday night even. So think about that because I remember back in the day every now and then going to the movies and being like, all right, what should we see? And you look up at the big board. If I see, you know, some you know, fast and the furious movie with a big budget and a million superstars in it. And I'm like, ah, I don't know. Those movies are all the same, but then I see some cool little indie movie, you know what I mean? With like a Napoleon dynamite feel or something like that, but it's seven bucks versus the one that's like 45, you know, seven bucks a ticket. Um, I might, I'm a gamble on it. I'll be like, all right, let's give this one a whirl, but you don't want to take a chance on some art house flick on a Friday night at an AMC for your big date night, you know, a lot of people don't get to go out as much. So that's your night out. That's your Friday night. You're looking forward to that all week. You worked your ass off. You worked hard. And you're like, hell yeah, Friday night, going to get dinner, going to see a movie, a couple cocktails afterwards, some sex. That I cannot wait. And then you spend all this money and the movie sucks. No, you want at least, I'm not saying all superhero movies are great, but well, the Marvel ones are pretty awesome, most of them. I'm not kidding. Eternals was a little eh. But uh, Shang-Chi and the twenty, uh, the Legend of the Ten Rings, I almost said 20 rings. Uh, I've been thinking of Sonic. He gets a lot of rings. That was awesome. Um, Spider-Man No Way Home was awesome. So those movies, even if they're not great, you're still getting it. They're good popcorn flicks, right? They're, there's good action. There's good stuff. You know, I saw Uncharted with Mark Wahlberg and Tom Holland, and it was pretty good. It was good. It was pretty good. You know, it wasn't amazing. But I remember being like, oh, this is a fun movie. But I didn't want to spend the same amount of money to see licorice pizza i just didn't so yeah call me whatever but you know that some of those movies some of those movies i love absolutely love some of them i'm like that's kind of weird i didn't need to see that on a big screen for that much money on my friday night i just didn't i could have caught that on a tuesday afternoon in my underwear on my couch i got i'm lucky enough to have the free time but that's just some stuff i think that i think that could save hollywood in the movie industry in general um from what I heard, it's they're doing all right, though. P- people are kind of like happy things are open, and summer months are always pretty good. Um, it's like what I talked about with bowling. You know, people just got to make it an event again. You know, make it a little more affordable for the whole family to come out. You're, you'll make way more money. You'll get repeat business. Do people forget about repeat business? Does no one like that? I read a thing about the Arizona iced tea, you know, those big cans. I saw a quote from the guy who's like the co-founder. They've been 99 cents for 30 years. And he goes, I have no desire to increase the price zero desire to do that because you know i don't want to be like the gas companies and the bread companies when times are tough they're trying to squeeze more profit out of you we make enough profit 
So sometimes you got to be like, when's enough profit? The problem is we're all tied to stocks. So people who are the heads of these companies, they go, oh, we didn't make as much money as last quarter. Do we still make a fuckload? Yeah, we did, but we made slightly less. So that's made our stockholders go, ooh, this company might be going backwards and they're selling. And then our board is all pissed off at me when it's like, look, we still made a ton of money. And I think it's going to help us long-term by doing what we did. They go, we don't give a shit. You're gone. So it's everyone who's put in that place has to be like cutthroat and be like, we need to make every cent possible, even if it's at the detriment of everything that we should stand for and our product, the product itself. So it's sad to see. But I think I'm on to something there. Now I just got to get someone to listen to me. I hope you guys enjoy listening to me today. Everyone have yourselves a great week. This has been the Joe Kill Gallon Podcast for Monday, April 18th. You guys are the best. And as always, cheers.